0: You are listening to Move With Radiance with Stephanie Dankelson, a podcast all about redefining your relationship to exercise, food, and your body by learning how to first redefine the relationship with yourself. Are you ready to discover your inner truth, your inner radiance? Because we all deserve to feel at home in our bodies. Hello, hello. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Move With Radiance. Thank you for being here. Um, And okay, where do we start? (laughs) So many things. First, I want to say thank you to those of you who reached out and who offered your time to sit down and talk with me about just, or I guess, I mean, sitting down and talking talking with me, yes, but letting me pick your brain and, um, ask you questions about your life and, um, for, yeah, just sitting down and talking with me. I really, really super appreciate it. It's been so wonderful to meet, those of you on the other side of my mic, (laughs) and to actually get to, I always say, quote, face-to-face because it's over Zoom, but nonetheless, to be able to see your face and get to know you, thank you. I was looking for, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I was looking for women to pick your, pick brain, pick, what? Gosh, if this is how today's episode is going to go, bear with me. I was looking for women to sit down with and um, who were willing to let me ask them questions and pick their brains about just their lives and the things that they are currently struggling with and looking for support on um, just so that I can understand how I can help you more um, to make sure that the content and the episodes and the things that I'm creating is actually helping you because if not, then what am I doing? (laughs) I want to make sure that the things I'm putting out there are actually valuable for you. So your input and your thoughts and your feedback is so valuable to me and I just really appreciate it. Um, kind of along with that, I had mentioned last week too, and on Instagram that part of this was so was for part of this was for feedback for a program that I am putting together for you. I know a few times on here I had mentioned that I was going to be releasing a like, group program And the more that I had talked about it, the more feedback that I had gotten from you around um, wanting it to be one-on-one and really looking for that one-on-one support. And so I thought about it and gathered more and more feedback and sat down and really looked at everything and collectively everything that I've done and the ways that I've worked with women in the past and I have decided that it's not going to be a group program for right now um, that most of you are looking for that one-on-one support and so I'm going to be um, revamping and just taking everything that I've learned and creating um the best one-on-one program I have ever created. (laughs) And so that is where my energy is being focused. So it's not going to be a group program. It is going to be a one-on-one program. I am very soon going to be releasing the details on what that looks like. Um, It's pretty similar-ish to the program that I have already in place, which is called Worthy TV Me, which is my signature one-on-one program, Um, but I'm just revamping it and putting in just so much more to it. So stay tuned for more information on how you can get involved in that and more info to come on Just all of the details. I'm really excited. It's... I've just been working so hard on it. (laughs) So I can't wait to release it to the world. And your feedback is so valuable in, in making sure that it's the best program that I can create. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. And always, if there's anything that you want from me, if there's feedback, if there's topic requests, if there's content requests, anything, seriously, please reach out to me and let me know. That is what I'm here for. I love hearing from you and I want to make sure that What I'm doing is helpful, so feel free to share your thoughts. (sighs) All right, what are we talking about today? (laughs) So I kind of amongst all of these conversations and just a few of the posts that I've been sharing on Instagram, I've gotten some questions from some of you around my story and, um, feeling like you've related to parts of it and wanting to know more about where I came from and how I got to where I am today and specifically around things like how did you pursue things that you knew you wanted even though there may have been you know negative feedback or pushback from other people like how did you keep going with that and how how do you navigate the opinions of others so that you're living in authenticity to, once that That makes sense, (laughs) so that you're living a life authentically and in alignment with who it is that you really are. And so I felt like I wanted to do an episode that was a little bit more focused on kind of my journey and how I've navigated some of that in my life and where I kind of see myself going and just giving you some thoughts and tips on and just hopefully hearing the things that I've been through and, and the way that I've worked through it can hopefully help you navigate um pursuing the things that you're really passionate about or continuing to show up as you and leaving the opinions of others, you know, on the wayside. Is that the phrase? Words I for some reason today you know how you say a word and then you're like, is that really a word? Or does that make sense? That's the, the dialogue happening in my brain. So again, stick with me. We'll get there. <laughs> it's just where we're at today and that's all right. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on today. I just wanted to share a little bit about my story and um, just help you understand where I've come from. And I Especially as I've sort of transitioned from focusing specifically on food and body, uh, I wanted to share some of the other aspects and kind of bring it all together for you. And yeah, you'll see you'll see where it goes. <laughs> so, I always want to start this off by saying that,, uh, there's so many directions I can go with this, but I want to first say that I never experienced anything, like extremely traumatic in my childhood. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's, you know, I think sometimes we think that we need to experience something really tragic in order to be deserving of support or in order to be deserving of telling our stories or admitting that you're struggling with something even with having a really good childhood, like I know that there can be some guilt around that or some like I don't deserve to say this. like I've I had it pretty good. like I'm not deserving um, of sharing my story or talking about struggling because there's people out there who are worse off than me. And while we can still be so grateful for, the experience that we had, our experience is still valid. Your experience is still valid. No matter what you've experienced in your life, you're always deserving of making, of, of support and of creating what it is that you want. So I never want you to devalue or, um, dismiss your story because someone else had it worse off. Um, because that's not doing anyone. That's, that's not helping anybody. We're all valid of our experiences. And so I just want to start off by saying that um, your experience is so valid and you're always worthy of creating the life that you want and deserve for yourself, that you want for yourself and that you deserve. So I just want to start off by saying that. So let's, let's start. <laughs> I would say my story with all of this really begins in middle school. I went to a small Catholic high school and my class from basically kindergarten through 12, uh, senior year, I was with the same like 50 or so uh, people. And I think for a lot of people. Middle school tends to be that time where things really started shifting or when um, things became just a little bit more difficult. Uh, That for me was, I would call it my awkward phase. And I was like, really, when I was looking, like really looking back at my childhood I was a very quirky, funny, goofy, silly kid, and that really came out. I saw like in a lot of like our home videos, and um, at home I was really, really self-expressed, and I started seeing, the more that I sort of let that side of me shine in front of the kids in my class, I got made fun of for it, and so, and I really, like I had braces, I had glasses, I. Had a very, my style was different and I didn't have many friends. That's when it really started to get kind of clicky. And I felt that sense of like isolation and being left out and this deep urge to want to like fit in. And I really feel that that was sort of the time for me too, where I wanted that attention from boys and. That's when it really started for me. That's when I really, really, really started to feel this sense of like wanting to fit in, wanting to be noticed, and wanting to belong. And I didn't receive that with my peers. And so, something that I had really noticed was when I got good grades, when I behaved, when I kind of stayed in my lane, things were okay. You know, if I didn't stand out too too much, I didn't get made fun of from the from my my peers. Um, if I did really well in school, I got that attention from the teachers, and um, that felt good. I wanted to be noticed, and that felt like something that I could sort of latch onto. You know, I was not good at sports at the time. Um, I always was picked last in gym class. I remember that for sure. And so I was like, you know, the really the only place that I feel like I can be noticed and and feel expressed is through doing a good job in school, but then also art. That was also my other passion was like, I felt like I could be, I was good at that and I could express myself through that sense. Um, And then school. And so I latched onto that, like the smart girl, sort of became my identity. And I knew that as long as I behaved, as long as I was the good girl, as long as I did good, I wouldn't stand out too much in terms of like, in a negative way, and I wouldn't get that negative attention. I would get that positive attention. And so again, I latched onto that, and that really stuck with me for most of my like through high school and college, but. Things again started shifting when I got into high school and I I guess I sort of caught up with like my body and um, that was the first time that I noticed I got attention for the way that I looked and so I paid attention to that and that was when again I started when was this i would say i would say junior year um that was when things really started in terms of like my like weight loss journey um and that was so much, it's so crazy like how all of these things kind of tie together but again i wasn't very good at sports and so i was doing a track but i was always pretending that i was injured <laughs> So that I didn't have to run. And one day, my coach suggested, he's like, Well, maybe you try cross country. And my first initial reaction was like, Oh, there's no way I could do that. And um, started talking to some other people and was feeling like, Okay, maybe I will try it. And so then I started sharing that I was going to do cross country. And I remember the reaction that I got from certain people. It was like, You, you you're going to do cross country? Like, yeah, right. And it put me back in that place of, oh my gosh, like these people don't think I'm enough. And, and you know, well, that wasn't like a conscious thought of mine at the time, but looking back at everything, there was this constant desire to be seen as enough. I was constantly trying to prove to those around me that I belonged, that I was enough and that I was good at stuff. Like I so badly wanted to be noticed and validated for being good at something. And that those comments really lit a fire under me because I felt like I was constantly needing to prove myself. And so that was just another area where I was like, I'm going to prove them wrong and I'm going to show them that I'm going to be good at this. And so I became obsessed with needing to prove people wrong. I became obsessed with trying to be good at something. And I did like, I put in the work and I was good at endurance sports. I started to do swimming. I started to do long distance track and, um, cross country. And all of a sudden this, like this identity part of me that was like, I'm not good at sports. I was like, Oh, I'm good at this now. And so again, I became obsessed with this, this, um, Chase of like being good at things. I liked that attention, I liked being noticed, and I liked being validated for these good things. And along with that, there was this like correlation between these long distance sports and my body where I was starting to lose weight and I was starting to get noticed for my looks again. And so I was like, Oh, okay. If I manipulate my body and if I look a certain way, I'm also going to get that validation. I'm also going to get that good attention. And it, for a minute, made me feel like I belonged in a sense. I got that, you know, attention I was always seeking from from guys, like it was a sense of validation for me. And so that journey continued through... um, through college. And I also noticed too in high school, I definitely received the label of like the good girl. Like I was someone who never broke the rules. I was someone who stayed in between the lines. Um, I was, I was that label. Like if someone thought teacher's pet, they thought of me, like I was the good girl. And so when I got to college, There was something really liberating about starting over and in a sense of have like I felt like there was this sense of like freedom in a way and so I started experimenting more and more with drinking I found that um, and and I really still stuck to this um, wanting to get good grades and wanting to perform because again that gave me this sense of like control in a way over, um, like I just had that, I just really stuck onto that identity of being smart. And again, that gave me a sense of validation. And I felt like, again, I had something to prove and that, um, I just had this societal conditioning of directly relating success to like how good I was of, of a person or, um, That I, like my worth, in definitely, (laughs) my sense of accomplishment was related directly to my worth. And so that was something that I kept pushing towards along with this endurance sport, right? Like those were two areas I knew that if I, if I pushed really, really hard, I could be good at those things and I was going to get that external validation. And then when I started experimenting with drinking, not only was it my, my like escape for, um, maybe releasing that label of like, I follow all the rules. But also I started realizing that through drinking, I was less awkward. I was quote, more fun. I had sort of, it released a lot of the thoughts that I felt so consumed by I was so overwhelmed by all of the thoughts in my head every single day of should and have to and gotta do this and gotta do this and you gotta is this person thinking of this And what is that person thinking of and don't do that don't say that they might make fun of you it like released me from that and it made me less awkward and I felt this sense of like almost freedom from feeling overwhelmed and all of this anxiety on a day-to-day basis. And quickly that became part of my routine. It was like work really, really, really hard during the week and then let it all go on the weekend. And that was a pattern for a long time. And later in my college career, especially after going through several different breakups, drinking also led me to... um, making some decisions with men that, if I was sober, probably wouldn't have felt as good. And there was, again, that sense of like being wanted that I really, really craved. And we'll kind of get back into that later because that shows up later on. Um, my junior year of college, this, and this is where things in my brain started shifting a little bit. I discovered a cross-country bike trip (laughs) opportunity where you essentially, you raised money prior to doing this and in the summer, there were, so there were, with this organization, there were all of these different routes across the United States where you could literally ride your road bike from coast to coast and you raised money along or you raised money before but you raised awareness along the way you helped build houses it was all for affordable housing and again you biked across the country with 30 other people (laughs) and so when I heard of this opportunity, I was really excited. It was something that I was like, whoa, that seems like what I'm looking for right now. There was a part of me that thought, obviously, I was like, whoa, if I bike all of those miles, I'm going to get so fit. I'm going to lose all this weight. And that again was really appealing to me at the time. But then also there was this sense of like adventure. And I think I was really craving that. There was something in my body that wanted this challenge and this sense of adventure and almost a sense of, of freedom in a way. And so I latched onto it. I was like, I'm doing this. And this was one of the first times where I was like, I don't care what anyone thinks, like I'm doing this. And that was a big statement for, for me. I mean, I guess it was less of like, I don't care, what people thought, because I did. But it was like, I'm going to find a way to do this. And when I initially told my parents about it, at looking back now, I get it. But at the time I was like, what? You don't agree with me? Like I got a little bit of pushback. Um, they were not a hundred percent on board. And now looking back, if my 19 year old daughter came to me and was like, Hey, I'm going to ride my road bike across the United States with 30 other strangers. What do you say? Like, of course there's going to be some concerns and like, okay, well let's chat about this. But I initially got pushback and that was really, really hard for me because I so, desperately wanted everyone's approval um, all the time. And so to have someone say, I don't know if I agree with that, it was really, really hard. So, so, so difficult for me. And yet, like, I had, and now I know what this is, and anytime I have this feeling, I know it's for me, but I had this, like, deep, deep gut feeling in my body that I'd never felt so strongly or so clearly before that like, this is what you are supposed to do. Like you have to find a way to do this. And when I kind of got rid of all of the noise in my head, like that feeling was so persistent. And I was like, maybe there's something here. And so I was persistent. And eventually my parents became my biggest supporters and I fucking did it. Like I biked across the country and I now know like how important that pieces to my story because it was the first time that one, I really fought for something that I wanted to do, like being guided by this like deep gut feeling of mine. And on the road, the very first half of this trip, so I biked from Portsmouth, New Hampshire to Vancouver, BC. And the first half of this trip, I stuck with the people on my route who were also like really fast. Like I wanted to be first. I wanted to like get a workout in. I wanted it to be fast and I wanted to be good and I wanted to be first. (laughs) And so the first half of the trip, I don't even really remember too much of it. I was just, I just remember being heads down and pushing really, really hard. I also remember on this trip being deep in comparison They were like not only to other people's bodies but other people's personalities. Um, I was constantly questioning, like, do these people like me? Am I good enough? And there was this deep push and pull with how do I show up because none of these people knew me, so there were no preconceived like they like they didn't have any ideas of who I was. So I could be anybody, and I was like, well, who is that? (laughs) Who am I? I had spent so many years looking at everyone else in my life and asking, why why do they get all of the attention? Or why do they seem so happy? Or what do they have that I don't? And how can I be more like them? And constantly looking outside of myself to for, for advice on who I should be. And when I was on this trip, there was this first time where I had this kind of opportunity to be whoever I wanted to be. And I'd didn't really know who I was. And so I remember, I remember specifically people inviting me and accepting me as I started slowly, like, I guess here's the thing. When you're biking 70 plus miles a day, it gets really hard to censor yourself after a while, (laughs) Because at that point, you're so exhausted that you don't have the energy to put on all of these masks. So naturally, who I was and what I wanted to say came out. And I was really fearful of that when it first started happening. But then slowly, I started seeing people being accepting to it. And I was like, oh, well, maybe this is okay. And I started realizing, too, I was like, I have to eat in order to bike this many miles. I can't resort back to these um, really, really restrictive habits that I had. And I really, really learned for the first time how to feel my body. Around halfway through the trip, I remember I I journaled all the time throughout this, and I'm so thankful for that because I remember and I I wrote down too in my journals, I was like, I kind of want to slow down. Like, what is the point of rushing? I would come back to, I'd be at the the host sites and all these people would be kind of you know, coming in towards the end of the day and talking about how many like adventures they had and the things that they saw and the conversations they had. And it was like, whoa, like I'm missing out on life because I'm trying to rush. I'm trying to be first. I'm trying to be the best. I'm trying to prove something. What would it be like to slow down and actually experience the in-between? And so I started allowing myself to do that. There was a point closer to the end of the trip where I took off my um, like the the tool that measured all my miles and how fast I was going. I like turned that off. There were days where I decided to bike by myself so I could actually like hear what was going on in my brain. There were times where I was very conscious of like, I'm gonna bike with this person, even though it was maybe someone I would never bike with before because I knew that we'd be slow. But I was like, I'm gonna get to know this person. And it just had, I just had this beautiful opportunity to really slow down and look at my life and question the way that I had been living it. And that was the first time just seeds were planted in my brain. And I came back definitely a a more, I came back a better, not a better version, but I came back like uh, knowing myself more. And that's, I think, when it really started for me. I was like, there's something here. (laughs) And so I had this kind of new perspective for the last few years of college. And that's not to say the pressure went away. And that's not to say that I didn't continue with some of the behaviors that I had been continuing with before, but I was just a little bit more aware. Towards the end of my senior year, I, well, I, when I came back from that trip, I changed my major. <laughs> I switched everything. I was like, there's something else out here. I was, I was originally studying, studying speech pathology. And the reason I initially chose that major was because um, people were telling me, because I wanted to do art. I wanted to go into art. And people were like, that's not sustainable. You should do something that's going to be um, more safe. And so I switched to speech pathology and I was starting to get my art minor at the time because I was like, well, maybe I can incorporate that because I wanted to help people in some way. And so I was like, well, maybe I can do speech therapy and then throw in some art therapy or throw in some art in there. And um, when I came back, I was like, that's not at all what I want to do with my life. And so I switched my major like three or four times and landed on business. And I'm like, you know, I could start a business and it could be with every anything. Like if I if I stay in like marketing and business and sales, then maybe I could open up a bakery or I could do something. Like this seems broader for me. Still safe. <laughs> I was like, I'm still gonna be safe. That was still my my thought process. But it's it's a little. It gives me more options. So I switched to, to marketing and and business and sales. And that was a whole new ball game for me. I was when I was um, in speech therapy, I was like, um, I, f- I was getting really good grades. I was being noticed. Like I was working with some of the professors. And then when I switched over to this, it was like clean slate starting over. And especially with people who had, who had used or started with business from freshman year, I was coming in kind of behind and not really knowing anything about business. And so That at first didn't really scare me because I had always like adhered to this identity of like, I'm the smart one, I'll figure it out. And so I kind of went as business as usual. I was asking a lot of questions. I was sitting up front and, um, there was a specific instance where I raised my hand and asked a question and I heard one of my peers down the row say, oh gosh, she just doesn't get it. And I took that information and I made it mean something about me. I took his comment, someone who barely didn't really know me at all, and I applied that to myself, and that was a dig at my self-worth, and I made it mean that I didn't know what was going on, and that I should shut up, and that in order to um, not let anyone else think that I'm stupid, I should never put myself in that position again, because that was because I had identified as a smart girl, because all of my validation and self-worth was built upon success and being smart and getting good grades and being the good girl, all this kind of stuff, because that was all wrapped up in there. And I, and someone then made a dig at that. It crushed me. I was like, well, what, what now? And so I shut up and that became a voice in the back of my head of like, make sure you don't look stupid you don't want your intelligence questioned again. And from that moment, so I had graduated. Get, I had graduated college. Um, I ended up getting a an amazing opportunity, an internship with a large corporation. So I was basically I basically had a job right out of college. Um, I moved to Michigan from Ohio. So that's where I grew up. It was in Ohio. I moved to Michigan for this internship. Um, and I remember sitting at that desk, switching from my college um, lifestyle to this 9-to-5 lifestyle, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> is this my life? Like, is this my life now? Am I really meant, like, is that how I meant to live my life? I meant to get up, go work out, go to my 9-to-5, come home, eat dinner, and go do it again. I struggled. I was Desperately missing the college lifestyle that I had where there was more flexibility, and I was, you know, bopping around campus and could design my own schedule and all that kind of stuff. Like I it hit me like a wall. And um, I just kind of along with that trying to get used to working at a company. And getting used to a new schedule, I had this voice in the back of my head of like, hey, don't look stupid. And so instead of really immersing myself into this new opportunity and really immersing myself into this new um, way of being and asking questions and really trying to learn and, and grow with it and just get all of the information that I possibly could to make sure that... Um, I mean, a lot of things... <laughs> I retreated and I stayed quiet. And, and when people were like, do you understand? I was like, yeah, even if I didn't, I, um, all of a sudden then like this whole authority figure thing, right? Like I wanted to please all of my teachers all of the time turned into, I really want to please my boss. And I, again, associated my work ethic with my worth. And so I was like, "If I work really hard. If I show up, if I please them, if they think I'm good, if, if they, all of this stuff, then I'll be enough. And I'll feel something. I'll feel better than I'm feeling now. And so I pushed myself really hard. I didn't ask questions, which led to, if I didn't understand something and someone asked me if I did and I said no, even though they could help me, I would then spend hours afterwards researching on my own to learn it myself instead of asking for help because I didn't want anyone to think I was stupid. And this sort of... Um went on for a bit and then I ended up getting a position in Colorado. And so um I moved to Colorado. I was really excited because um after my my bike trip, I knew that the West was in the mountains. Like I had felt something I felt this spark within me and this deep connection to the to nature. And I was like, I need to be there. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna find a way to get there. And I'm very thankful that this job brought me there. Um, but with this job, it, I was, so I started living, I was living by myself out there. I didn't know anybody and my job required me to create my own schedule. I thought I was going to really like that because I was like, oh, I can kind of make it like college again, create my own schedule. Um, it wasn't going to an office. I was actually going to a bunch of retail stores and, uh, needing to like, again, create my own schedule and all this kind of stuff, making sure I was doing all these store visits. And then I would come home and do any of the office work that I needed to do. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. But again, stuck with that belief of I'm not smart because that person, I can't put myself in that position. And I didn't ask any questions. And that was the, when I really look back at my life, like those few years were probably the hardest of my life in terms of feeling so alone. And I really turned to um, drinking and food, to numb, because I was anxious like no other. Like, (laughs) I was so terrified of my boss. I was so terrified of making a mistake. And um, I wasn't really working. I was so overwhelmed, I didn't know what I was doing, and I was so unhappy with so much of the way that my life was going that I just retreated and I didn't do anything. I had no one holding me accountable, Um, I had nowhere to be, and so I didn't really work. And there were a couple of times where I was on the verge of being fired. Like I had some sit downs with my boss where she's like, hey, you know, if stuff doesn't change, like we're gonna have to have a conversation. And that was like the biggest dig to my overall self-worth. And the only way that I knew how to deal with the anxiety that was coming my way was to drink. I would come home from a day of of work um, after like, I probably would work like three or four hours to be realistic. And because I was so overwhelmed, I would like sleep most of the morning and then I would try and get up. I was feeling really resistant towards exercise at the time because I was like, do I even freaking like endurance sports? I was really heavily into triathlons after um, high school. And I started questioning, like, do I even freaking like this? Like, And so I it resisted exercise. And um, I would go to work for a couple hours. I would come home and I would make a giant bowl of pasta and pour three or four glasses of wine to the point where I was almost drinking a bottle of wine at night just to get rid of the anxiety, and I was binge watching TV, like, I was doing everything that I could to numb what I was feeling, because I didn't know what else to do, I did not know how to deal with the anxiety that I was experiencing, like, all of these thoughts in my head of, like, look at you're not good enough, see, you're gonna get fired, what are people gonna think, oh, goody two-shoes Stephanie, she's gonna get fired from her first job, like, how embarrassing, Look at everyone else thriving. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you good enough? Why aren't you succeeding? Look at all these people in your, on your team who um, are also fresh into this job, but doing a good job and getting shit done. Like, What's wrong with you? Why aren't you happy? Why aren't you happy? Look at your life right now. You're in Colorado. You have this job. You're getting paid well. Like, Why, why are you not happy? I felt so guilty for that. And so this continued for a bit, and I got to a point where I was like, "You know, maybe it's the job. <laughs> maybe if I just find a new job, then um, then maybe I'll be happy." And so I was like, "Well, maybe I will maybe corporate's not my thing. Maybe I try a startup." And I'm really thankful for this part of me that was like curious, um, even though I still wanted to stay safe, like I was so afraid of, of going full in on something like, like starting a business or even though I had this inkling within me of like wanting to, like I knew I was meant for more in some way. I was like, you know, I'm, st- I'm, I, I didn't completely ignore that. I still kind of explored things. And I was like, you know, maybe the startup world will be better and maybe that will give me more space to be creative and maybe I'll have a say more so than being in corporate. Um, and so I, I, had a new opportunity come up and got a job at a startup company. And it's like the same stuff continued, right? Like I I was still trying to prove myself. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing (laughs) and I didn't ask questions. I lied all of the time about um, my, like what I was doing in a day, made excuses like no other. I was at that time, um, a sales rep and I was supposed to be doing outbound calls and all this kind of stuff. And I hated it. I hated it so much <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm doing all these calls. Like people just don't want to talk to me. And, you know, I was making so many excuses. I wasn't asking for help. I wanted to make it look like I had my shit together and that I knew what I was doing. And I'm good at this. About a year and a half later, I had another sit down with my boss and he's like, do you like sales? I was like, no. And he essentially was like, this is not a good fit for you. And like like politely uh, let me go in a sense. Um, they helped me find a new job and all this kind of stuff. But it was like still, I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> and so right around this time too, I had gone through a really big breakup. Um, someone I had been dating for like two years. And I was struggling with this job stuff. Um, I was living in Boulder, I was starting to meet new people. And the thing again, that I felt really comforted by was drinking and especially that, I mean, and again, like that, that whole pattern had kind of carried over from my last job and that just became my escape. Like drinking was just the thing that I did to not feel anxious anymore. There were days where I would bring home again, like a six pack and drink the whole thing. I would drink a whole bottle of wine in a night and, uh, It was all to just numb. And then on the weekends, I would go out, and especially right after this breakup, um, I was like in a deep search for validation. Like, I desperately wanted something. Like, I wanted to feel enough in some way. And so then I started turning to men. And I made so many decisions, especially drunk, with men just to feel validated. And there was a whole good six or seven months or so where I felt like that was my rock bottom in a sense. Like I just remember after a long night of drinking and trying to get someone's attention and coming home and just crying and crying and just be like, what is wrong with me? Like, what is going on? And um, I just felt like I couldn't get out of it. And these patterns continued through um, meeting my current boyfriend and when we first started dating it was also like we were going out all the time and we were drinking and partying and all this stuff and there came a point in time I think for both of us where we realized like this is not this is not working and a really big thing happened in his life that I won't share here but at that moment we were like you know We need to like kind of chill for a second and reevaluate what we're doing with all of this. And I took a break from drinking for about six months. And that's when I realized um, that there was all of this anxiety underneath it and that there was so much of me trying to numb all of those things. And um, I ended up finding personal development at that time and started realizing like, oh, this is a numbing pattern. Like, I'm trying to hide something. And that was when I really started questioning, like, how do I actually want to be living my life? At this time, I had gotten another job. I was working somewhere else, and I had actually, I'd like, I liked it. It was nice. Like, it was definitely a change. I was doing more of what I wanted to do, but I still didn't feel exactly right. And then I got laid off. <laughs> I feel like looking back, the universe was just like, like kept pushing me like, yeah, you're close, but not quite, not quite, not quite. And like kicking me out of these jobs and with force. Um, but they had a big company layoff and, um, right around this time, actually two years ago, I was laid off and that sent me into another circle of, um, Panic because my safety net was all of a sudden ripped out of me. Money and having this job security was my safety net forever. I was in $90,000 of student loan debt, and um, all of a sudden I was then faced with this like, holy shit, what am I going to do about money? And how am I going to pay my bills? And what am I going to do now? And so that, um, I I ended up going on unemployment and, um, I remember this was a pivotal point for me when it came to the relationship with my emotions, because this was also the time where we had decided to give up alcohol. And so I wasn't drinking and, um, I was all of a sudden faced with being laid off and faced with all of this uncertainty and being faced with all of these emotions and anxiety and I didn't know what to do with it. And so my first initial reaction, just like all the other times in my life, was to get rid of it and push it down. And so rather than numbing with alcohol, I numbed with Netflix. And I would wake up and be like, okay, I have a full day. I was deciding at the time I decided to get my personal training certification right before I was laid off. So I had all of this time. I was like, okay, well, now I have all of this time to study. Um, and that, like, again, like I had decided um, maybe personal training, if I could make a career out of that, that would be closer to what I wanted to do with helping people. And so... Uh, like, yeah, okay, well, now I have all this time to study. I could start a blog. Like I've always wanted to do that and like tried to make this, this really positive thing. And so in the meantime, anytime this anxiety came up, I was like, nope, not allowed to be here. Not allowed to be here. Not allowed to be here. And so I push it down, push it down, push it down. People were like, well, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's great. You know, I love being unemployed. It's, it's fun employed. I have all this time. Uh, and then in the back of my mind, I was like, also freaking out about unemployment and I got to make sure I do all the things for unemployment and if I don't I'm going to go to jail and like my brain was just this endless pit of fear and all of these what ifs and I'm going to run out of money and worst case scenarios all day every day and I tried to shove it down through through Netflix and there was a point in time I specifically remember this <laughs> Eric came over and we were going to go climbing I couldn't find a pair of shorts and I was just felt this anger inside of me that i probably, I mean, it was so, I was like, I've never experienced this kind of anger, which I probably have at some point, but it was so intense and so forceful. It was like a soda bottle was shaking up inside of me. And he asked me a question and I fucking exploded, like just exploded. I couldn't stop crying. I was on the floor in a ball just sobbing and crying and like, he's like, what is going on? I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. All of the emotion that I had, that had built up from everything that year, I had, it all came up because I wasn't looking at it. I was refusing to look at it. It, it just could not be shoved inside of me anymore and all came out. And I would have these mini explosions throughout that whole summer we ended up at the time, we were like, okay, well, what do we do now? Because um, our my lease was coming to an end. I could either resign. Eric and I were deciding. We were like, maybe we move in together. He was looking for a new job. I had just lost my job, and so we decided. We're like, let's move to Utah. Like we've always wanted to live in a ski town. Let's let's figure out how to move to Park City. And so there like throughout that, it was like, okay, now we got to find a job in Park City. We had to find an apartment. And, um, my lease was up. So I ended up moving into Eric's bedroom and, um, we ended up deciding to go on a little road trip in the meantime. And, um, this was when I found, I found Andrea Owen, her, your kick-ass life, her podcast and then I also, on this road trip, found You Are a Badass by Jen, um, I always say your name wrong, Sincero? Cicero, 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 <laughs> You Are a Badass, that's the book. And this is when I really started diving into personal development and started to make sense of a lot of the things that were going on in my head um, and started realizing that I was numbing a lot of things, and then I wasn't allowing myself to feel a lot of these emotions, and that was where a lot of the, these blow-ups were coming from. And so I think that looking back, that was probably one of my pivotal moments, and I'm so thankful I was laid off from that job because I don't think I would have had the kick in the butt that I needed to jumpstart a lot of this and to start searching for ways to actually deal with a lot of the things that I was feeling because um, I think I would have continued to do what I was doing out of fear. But when life kind of presents you with this situation where you have to look at all of this stuff, I now see those things as opportunities. And I'm so grateful for that time because it made me realize what I was capable of. And that even though my worst case scenario had happened where I was laid off, um, where I was left with, with trying to figure out how to pay my bills. Like I was, I made it through. I figured it out. Was it easy? No. (laughs) Was it scary? Hell yes. But I figured it out. And because I was put in this situation and because we had made that decision to move to Park City, we were like, okay, well, we gotta do this. And so in my bones, I was like, we're finding an apartment. We were gonna go over one weekend and I'm like, we're finding an apartment. And it, it's just not gonna happen, like it, we're finding one. We ended up finding one. I was persistent in finding a job, I found a job. And um, I ended up starting my blog. I got my personal training certification And that's when I, I think I got to this place where, um, I realized this is my life and I need to figure out what I, like what I want. And I, I, I remember making the decision right around Christmas of 2017 that I was gonna get my life coaching certification and basically throw away the personal training certification that I had gotten. And I think at that point in time, I was able to sit down and like that, like this, this losing my job and going through that whole summer of 2017, that was really my turning point in life. Because it really made me realize that one i could make it through anything like i said but two how short life was i think and that it was my responsibility to take ownership over my life and over my actions and that even like i made it through all of that and really started realizing that my worth could not be proven in my external world. Like, I had to do that myself. When things got really hard that summer, I had to be the one to validate myself. I didn't have the job to prove it. I didn't have... um, the like external, um, validation to keep me going. It's like in my lowest of lows, I had to be the one to get myself out of that. I had to be the one to say, Hey, we're going to get through this. I had to be the one to decide that my future and the things that I decided to do with my life was up to me, not anybody else. That the way that I felt about myself and what I decided to do with my future and what my life was going to look like was in my hands. It was my responsibility. And so I made the choice. I was like, what do I want? I gave myself that permission. I gave myself the permission to not have to be strong for everybody else, to not have to follow the rules, to not have to please everybody, to not have to do the things that everyone else wanted me to do, to not have to follow the quote right path and um, have to do the jobs that I thought I needed to do or uh, make the money that I thought I needed to make or make the quote responsible decisions that I thought I should be making and I really got clear and asked myself what do I want who am I how do I want to live and that's when I really realized like I want to start my own business I want to invest in my my personal development and my own growth I want to do this for a living and I allowed myself to experiment with it. I mean, you know, I started off focusing strictly on helping women heal the relationship with food, and I switched to, um, doing the, like being more broad and getting to the real root of where it all comes from. But I allowed myself to try, even when I didn't fully know all of the answers. And so, last year, right around this time, seems like April is the time where. <laughs> get rid, like leave jobs. But I decided to quit my full-time nine to five that I was at in Park City to pursue starting my own business. And even though starting a business has been probably one of the, no, not probably. It has been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And one that has put me through (laughs) the ultimate test of persistence and listening to my gut and what it is that I want. It has been the most fulfilling thing that I could have ever done in this, is something that I am like so proud of. And someone asked me like, how do you continue going even when people don't agree with it? And to that, I say, it's my life. I'm done living for everybody else. I know what that does for me. I'm ready to do this for me. Because at the end of the day, when I look back at my entire life, I know that I'm going to be proud of the fact that I went for it and the fact that there was a calling within me that was telling me to step up and to play bigger in life, and I went for it. Even if if someday this crashes and burns and doesn't end up the way that I thought, I will know that I still went for it and I tried. And that will be more than enough for me. And the only way that this is possible and the only way that I've been able to fiercely pursue my dreams in a way that I never have before is because I decided to invest in myself because I decided to look at and really look at the things that were holding me back to sit down and say, I'm responsible for the way that I feel. I'm responsible for the way that I show up and I'm responsible for the ways that I hold myself back in life. And I'm also responsible for changing those things. I believed that I could get to a point where I could show up unapologetically So fully and so fiercely. Even if people don't like me. Even if people have negative opinions about me. Even if people doubt me. I know that I can get to a place where that's not going to matter to me anymore. Because I've been able to get to a place where what matters more is that I, I live my life so fully and so unapologetically. That... I feel fulfilled in that alone. I no longer need those accolades or that approval or those people to tell me that I'm enough because I know those things myself. I've done the work. I've showed up relentlessly every single day to put in the personal development and and mindset work that I need in order for me to live my life this way. That's a decision that I decided to make. I decided to prioritize me and my dreams and the way that I feel over everything else because I know that when I prioritize those things, I show up better for the people in my life. I can show up more fully for the people in my life and I can show up more fully for myself. We get to decide what is a priority, we get to decide where we put ourselves in the lineup of what's most important. And I could make, and I did make excuses all day, every day as to why I don't have the money or why I don't have the time or why I can't do that. But at the end of the day, it was all fear. And it was at, I was telling myself in all of those excuses that I wasn't worth finding and investing in those things to make time for myself, to find the money for myself, to prioritize myself so that I could live the life that I knew I was worthy of and wanted to be living. I still have thousands of dollars of student loan debt. I still have bills. It's not like starting a business was like, oh, I have all this extra money laying around. Let's just do it. No. (laughs) Or like, oh, I have all this extra money laying around. I'm going to invest in this course. No, I made it happen. I cut back on things in my day-to-day. I put money away. I, I picked up an extra job or two. I figured it out. I got up early on the days where um, I was working at my full time job. I would go on my lunch breaks and work on stuff. I would um, miss, I missed out on so many social events to prioritize my future and my overall level of happiness. And I would never trade that for the world. We have to decide that we are worth it and that we are deserving of creating what it is that we want because it's possible for you. If you want something, if you want to do something, you can do it. It's there for you. I look at all of these other people in life who have gotten to where it is that they want to be and I ask, why can't I do that? What makes them that much more special than me that I couldn't possibly achieve that too? It's our own limiting beliefs and the thoughts that we decide to believe about ourselves that are ultimately going to hold us back or push us forward. You have to decide that you are worth the things that you want for your life and that you are worth pursuing and creating the life that you desire because whatever it is that you want for yourself, it is so possible. I decided for a long time that I could not start a business because of all of these limiting beliefs. Because I was too afraid of what people would think. Because I was afraid of failing. Because I was afraid of what it would mean about my self-worth. Because I was afraid I was going to run out of money. Because I was afraid of all of these other things. But guess what? That held me back. That pushed off my dream for years and years and years. And the only thing different about that scenario and now is that right now, I believe in my full heart, no matter what happens, I'm going to figure it out. I believe that no matter what anyone else says, I know I'm worth it. I believe that no matter what happens or if I get rejected or if I fucking mess up in front of everybody, that I'm still worth it. What you decide to believe about yourself is what you're going to invite into your life. Are you living the life that you want? And if not, how are you going to change it? How are you going to take responsibility for that? How are you going to shift it? It's so possible for you. Because when you relentlessly pursue the things that you want, it's crazy what opens up. It's crazy what possibilities come up for you. It's crazy what you learn about yourself. It's crazy the type of joy and fulfillment that you can experience in your life. Stop living for everybody else. This is your life. That is the thing that I come back to all of the time. And that's my answer is that when people say, how do you keep going? I say, because it's my life and I don't want to look back and regret not taking that chance on myself. It's never too late ever. It's never too late. There are no rules. We just decide that Um, We have to stay within certain lines because maybe someone else told us to, but you can do whatever you want. (laughs) I feel like this is a good place to stop. I I went on for a while. It's, I haven't fully ironed out the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? the, the nicely thought out version of my story. (laughs) So you got just the, the brain dump of it, but um, hopefully that gives you at least something to think about in that if I can create it for myself, like you can create it for yourself. If I can find the time and the resources, you can find the time and the resources. If I can shift my mindset, you can shift your mindset. I'm not any more special. I've just decided that this is what I want, and I've decided to figure out a way to pursue it. And it might look different for you, but it's so possible for you. Please let me know if you have any questions. Please let me know if there's anything that I can do to support you during this time. And if there's anything that I can leave you with is you will figure it out. You will figure it out. Even if it feels hard, even if there's something happening right now that's not that's less than ideal, even if you're like, how do I even begin? You will figure it out. At least trust in yourself enough to know that. Look at all of the evidence that you have where you have figured it out, where you have made it through something difficult, where you've made it to the other side. Decide to look at that evidence, not the evidence as to why you can't because that's not going to serve you and you're so strong, and you're so capable. So choose to look at that side of things. I'm here to support you in whatever way that I can. Again, please let me know what questions you have and um, be on the lookout for more announcements as to all the things coming. Um, I've been sharing a lot of mini trainings and resources and, and live meditations and all that kind of stuff over on Instagram, so if you're not following me over there, hop on over so I can get to know you. Come say hi. And uh, yeah, I have so much love for you. I appreciate you giving me the space to share my story and um, to do what I love. And hopefully that will inspire you to, to pursue the things that your heart is calling for because we need your voice. We need you to be you because there's no one else like you. And that's a really special thing. So All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. I could rant about this all day. I love you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks for being here. And we will see you next week. Bye for now. Ah, thank you so much for listening and for being here week after week. If you found this episode helpful and you want to share it with your friends and fam, just take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and make sure you tag me in your stories so that I can come over and say hello. Thanks again. I appreciate you so much. And until next time, stay radiant.